0: And he raises his hand over his head. He slams it on the table, like as if this is great theater, slams it on the table and says, this sucks. This absolutely sucks. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide for success. You got Fred Fuller here on the other side of the table. We have the... The energetic and charismatic, Mr. John Brown.
1: John, how are you? I'm great. Charismatic. Wow. I was going to say sinister. You're lucky to get charismatic. Okay. All right. Sinister is
0: way too far. Yeah. I mean, if you're sinister, it's in a very librarian way. I don't know. I don't know. Community college professor. There we go. There we go. What's the goatee? Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a right. goatee, man. You are like somewhere between you're a sinister beatnik. How
1: about that? <laughs> wow. That's a yeah. new category. I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. You're 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 a you're a man of of you're a of, what is
0: it? You're a wolf pack of one?
1: <laughs> I'm a one man wolf pack. Yeah, that's right.
0: There we go. There we go. Um okay, John. Uh how what it's been a while since we've done this, it feels
1: like. Yeah. I know. And uh, our listeners are crying out for more advice about account management. And we're actually, um, as our listeners know, we're um, digressing every once in a while, but we're kind of going through the material in our book. And I do get questions that are like, people are like, hey, I, I want to read the book, but I'm too lazy. So how do I how do I find out this information? So we're doing it all in the podcast. So today we're taking a chapter out of the book, which is chapter three, um, how to deal with client negativity
0: how to deal with client negativity. That's easy. You just you just <laughs> kind of, you wag your finger at them and you tell them to do right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, episode ended. Good, yeah. good talk. <laughs> Boom, drop the thing in the gavel and then we're done. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. if only it were that simple. Um, no, it actually it actually is, it is very simple, I think, but it is incredibly complex to execute. Right. Like
1: because because of what we're talking about is emotion. Yeah, that's right. The principles are simple, but the but the techniques can be a little bit a little bit complicated because you have to manage your own emotions, which is really the the key to the whole thing. And so we're going to talk about seven different techniques, very specific techniques you can use. Mm-hmm. But I think first we want to spend a little time. Let's talk about like just why this is important. Um, with, you know, Like literally. So the important the idea being that. Dealing with client negativity is its own kind of art form that the really top-notch account manager must master. You know, why why is this a topic? That's this is so specific to this role, right? I
0: I love this part of the conversation because the people that know me, the people that have worked with me and the people that work with me today will go, "Holy gosh, this guy really won't stop saying it." And what I say is, this is where you earn your money. Right? That's great. Right. Yeah. When it, when it's tough, when people are unhappy, especially the people that are signing the checks and things get a little bit squirrely, like that is where it matters. I tell people all the time, I have a 20 year old college student, my my oldest son, and he can do account management when when it's going well. <laughs> right. Right. You come in and you're you're on time and you're under budget and everything's going swimmingly. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got a 13 year old that can do that. But when it gets negative, when things really start to kind of like get tense, that's what I tell everybody, like smile, embrace it. This is
1: where you make your money. Right. This is the job. Right. Right. And we're going to talk about, I mean, this, I mean, we're going to talk about growth, I think in the next podcast and some of the other activities that account manager has to do planning and goal setting and so forth. But, you know, but so, but this is just important. because it's so much of the, the job. And the point that you're making, which I think is right on is when you, when you get a negative situation, a client, that's where you need to take greater ownership, not, not less. And sometimes you'll be in a situation where, um, you know, you can actually fix these negative situations with clients just by listening and engaging, even if there's nothing you can really do. So the the failure mode is, and I've seen this with some account managers, they get in a situation that's negative with a client and there's kind of nothing they can do about it. it you know, like the, the company can't fix the issue necessarily. Maybe it's a uh, really hard technical issue or um, it's some sort of policy within your company that you can't fix, like, you know, pricing or something like that. And so the account manager is sort of just falls back and says, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And they don't, they don't try. And the point of this is do the opposite of that. Actually engage harder with the client in those situations. Try to be a really great listener. We're going to talk about some techniques um, and that's the job. Yeah. It is, it, it is
0: so critical what, what you're talking about here in regards to like, that's when you, that's when you dig in. Right. Right. When, hey, you know, it's real easy to take on something and sort of have that ship has sailed. Right. And so let's step back for a minute. And I want to share one of my first experiences with a very, very unhappy negative client.
1: Yes. So this is I I want you to talk about this because this is the dragon, the titular dragon from the book. This is the dragon of the title.
0: Boom. Right, a dragon walks into this. this is dra- why we, this is the dragon that walked into the meeting. So, so tell us the story, friend. The whole deal, man. The whole deal. So, I, uh, we, we, we were working together you at the time, and we went to this meeting together. And what happened was, we had a client that wanted more. Um, they wanted us to be more better. Let's just be vague about it, right? Like they wanted us to be more better. And, and they they told us that kind of at every turn, like, hey, you guys, we want more better. We want more better. And we mm-hmm. said, yeah, we understand. We understand we're working on it. We are working on it. Now, at this point, it wasn't that the organization didn't want to do it. It was that we fundamentally didn't have the resources to meet the needs and their demands were a little excessive to be completely frank, right? But that didn't matter. That was our problem, right? Right. doesn't matter what the reason is. It's your problem, right? So we go to have a quarterly business review with this client and we go out there knowing that we're probably going to have a little bit of a tough conversation, but we're going to go out there and give them a hug and show them we care and that we listen, right? And we use the old trick, which is at the very beginning of the meeting, I learned this from a very wise man, (laughs) John Brown. No, so you know, one, of, one of the tricks is at the beginning of the meeting, you always ask them to get their things out on the table, right? Like, hey, right. tell me what's on your mind. What's happening here? And the, and the theory there is it makes, you know, you get the tough conversation out of the way and you end on a positive note. A lot of really, really good things to that construct. That's a whole right. different episode, right? But anyway, we get into the meeting. We ask if there's anything on their mind. They say, no, we're good. We're good. And we go through and we tell them how wonderful and lovely we are. We Beautiful know that.
1: No- Beautiful. Many, deck. many slides of interesting content,
0: Pic- pictures, charts, charts. Well done. McKinsey esque. <laughs> Well done. Well done. But we get into the meeting and we ask them if there's anything on their mind. They say no. We say, okay, we do our spiel. We own the shortcomings that we have, which is kind of a, that's a different podcast as well. But that's one of the rules, like own the bad and the good. And we go through and we tell them, you know, but we're really working hard. We love you guys. and We love the
1: partnership. Is everything cool here? You guys cool? Everybody good? And I, I think it was like the end of the meeting, the part where everybody's like, okay, good, good. And literally everybody's about to stand up.
0: L- laptops and briefcases. Right. At this point, you're right. You're completely correct. We're getting ready right. to stand up in the dragon poof. Like as mythical and magical as ever, just <laughs> explodes in a ball of fire in the middle of the room. Is this it? Uh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's our whole presentation right there. And he raises his hand over his head. He slams it on the table like as if this is great theater slams it on the table and says, this sucks. This absolutely sucks. Spittle flying everywhere. Mm. And I was mortified. Mm-hmm. I I had no idea what to do. This was, you know, I was new to account management and certainly new to anything of this magnitude in terms of the, the anger that this man clearly had. I wanted to dive under the table. John sat there and John, uh, and it really, this really is a moment that stands out. Like he, John just kind of leaned in, put his elbows on the table and leaned over. And he said, that's really good feedback. Let's discuss this further. <laughs> I wanted to say, squirrel like and get out of the room, man. I wanted to throw a window and I'll dive out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let a chicken out of my bag and then haul ass like I, sorry, we don't swear, but you get it. But and John, it was, it was a stellar moment, man. And it was really this great sort of like lean in. Here we are. Boom. How do we handle this? How do we handle it? And that was clearly the first thing in my head was what do we do here? This was foreign territory for me. And so, and then John, you you kind of took ownership. We took on, it was a 10 or 15 minute conversation. We left there and we felt like we had done the best that we could in that moment.
1: Right. So what's the coda to the story? So eventually it became a pretty good client. Oh, 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 great client. A client that now on my
0: third job down the road, I can pick up the phone and call these guys and go, Hey, what's going on? Because they know that what they get are people that are going to be there and be honest and be attentive and be good
1: partners. Right. 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 You know, what's great about that story is it's illustrative of what I was saying is like, you can be a good account manager. You know, sometimes you will lose as an account manager, but you you can get the long-term win. Um, you know, if you, if you lean into that to that negativity and try to, and try to at least, at least listen uh, if if nothing else. And, you know, and it goes back to concentrating on the material issues, right? So um, we want to be focused on interests, um, not principles. And so what I, the reason I bring that up is like a lot of times when that situation, when your client is calling your baby ugly, is that there's a tendency to personalize that and kind of like you're under attack, you, the account manager, and you kind of, that's where you sort of freeze up. And, or the other thing that you see, again, because it feels like a personal attack is your team, the people that you work with, like the executives on your team, they'll they'll either freeze up or the other thing is they'll get mad and take it personally and want you to, and I'm using air quotes here, push back on the client. You hear that all the time. Um, Go push, go tell that client to get stuffed, right? Oh yeah, because what they're reacting to is principles, the principle of, um, you know, fairness or the golden rule or all these sort of, and, and you need to not worry about all that. You need to focus on what's, what's their interest. Right. And so clearly they, they're yelling at you because they have a interest of some sort in you. They need you to be successful at what you're doing. And so you need to focus on that and say, well, what can I do to address that and try to take, you know, some of the, uh, some of the emotion out of it. Yeah. You, you you have to take the emotion out of it. Right? right. And there's there's
0: techniques and things that we can do along the way to take some of that emotion out of it. Right. There's um, I think we have what, like seven here.
1: Seven. John, that, that we, yeah, we have seven. Well, I want to mention one other thing before we, we dive into the seven. And that is um, only this is something to bear in mind as we go through these seven is one thing we bring up in the book. That's a uh, um, key concept to remember. Um, when thinking about client negativity is the, called the fundamental attribution error, which is a psychological term. Um, I'm not a psychologist. I, I don't know. Um, so I can describe it a lot more than the, the, where it came from. But it's basically the idea that most people look at other people um, and their behavior and over and ascribe to them um, that their behavior is because of their personal characteristics. So in the instance that you were talking about the dragon in the meeting, you know, he acted that way because of course he's a jerk, right? Like he's a terrible person for for doing that. Right. right, right. Whereas, um, it turns out that a lot of times the the people who are doing, who are doing these kinds of negative things are actually reacting to, stimulus in their environment that's um, unique to them. So I'll tell a little story. And I've told this story previously uh, in a podcast before this, but I'll tell it again because it's so relevant to the fundamental attribution error. So anyway, I had this client (laughs) and the, the client's favorite word with us as a company was that he was disappointed. Like everything we did, he was always mm. disappointed. He used the word disappointed. You can imagine like every day I had a conversation with him where he told us he's disappointed. Like you just hang your head low and you're like, mm. oh, you know, it's just horrible to hear from your client. And, um, and anyway, long story short, um, it, it was super painful for a really long time. Well, he left that company. And then afterwards, uh, long story short, we, uh, we worked with him. My company worked with him in a different capacity. And um, I got to know him a little bit. And then I come to find out that he um, would every Friday. So he managed, he managed us and the, the part of the business that he was in. Every Friday, he would get his boss would pull him. I think his boss's boss would pull him into his office and scream at him for an hour. Mm. Right. It was literally like almost abusive should have been reported to the ombudsman or whatever. Right. Like like yeah, that yeah. kind of level of abuse. Right. And right. so in that frame, then all of a sudden I sort of realized I kind of, you know, it it's that seeking to understand and then be understood is also that concept here is like it, it just made me have that kind of cocked head like oh, that's what was going on. And it made me understand him a lot better. And that was me with the fundamental attribution error. I ascribed to him that he was a terrible person because he was always mean to me uh, and my team, but maybe not so much, right? It was more the environment he was in that was the problem.
0: Yeah, I've experienced that same thing. I mean, I think there's a general rule and and we're not going to go too far into this, but I think as a general rule, you could look at the level of energy that somebody has around their emotional state from a client perspective, and when they call you, whatever that is, is being, there's something on the back end that's pushing that, right? Like they just right. got a great report from their boss and they're really, really happy. And that's great. We all go, oh, he's in a good mood. That's cool, right? You know, it's a happy Friday, everybody. But there's the other side of that, right? Which is the boss says, hey, what's going on here? I'm getting skewered for the performance of this program. What are your people doing? Like that doesn't come across as a, hey man, what's happening? Let's talk about performance. Right. That comes across as what the heck i need answers i need them now somebody tell me that this thing is fixed whatever the whatever the thing is right regardless of whether that's perception or reality and all those other things like there is something that is always driving that behavior on the back end that's a great point john
1: and it could be personal too like not um not just work related like their boss gave them a kick but uh, something in their personal life that's given them a kick that and and so what they do is they come to work and they take out their negativity on you the account manager because you're an easy target right you're you know you you, they're your source of revenue or or whatever right right. and they know that you are there to please and make them happy then and so you're just an easy target so they just wind up and give you a kick uh because they can right so again but it's you know very possibly fundamental attribution error. Although uh, there are jerks out there, could be that they're just jerks. <laughs> so I don't wanna oh, like yeah, that never right. happens, but you know, but just, but yeah. think about that though, as we go through these, because that actually can be uh, the um, the driver, the, the catalyst, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so jumping into then
0: these techniques, uh, the first one is don't just say
1: no. Right don't just say no so when when a client kind of, this is a little bit of um, if you're in a negative situation with a client and they're they're asking for something that you can't do you don't just say no we're not going to do that and you definitely don't do it in the first meeting and mm. so you don't have to say yes necessarily and nor should you particularly if it's something that your company cannot do for some reason but you don't necessarily say no right. Yep. And so they'll know what that means when you're not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing. But in the situation where clients upset about something, they're making a request, you know it's gonna be either difficult or impossible for your team to do. You don't just say, no, we're not gonna do that, right? You do some listening, you don't necessarily agree. You say, I can, uh, and we'll talk about some other uh, techniques to to deal with that. You you use some of the other techniques we're gonna talk about here, but you don't just say no. Yeah, you cut it off, right? So this is a very, very
0: topical. Um, so for those of you that, that know me well, know that um, I love I'm a little background in theater. I love theater. And one of the things that I've done through time to for team building is bring in a local theater company that teaches you improv. And the number one rule of improv is you can't say no. Because when you say no you have dead ended the conversation period right there's nowhere else to go right you can't it's you can't reverse that position without eating crow right like you can't it just is the way it's like if if there was a if it's a chess move it's like the worst chess move on the board saying no greatly limits anything that you can do from that point forward
1: yeah. Right. And we're talking about a specific kind of no. Like the no can be, well, I can't do exactly that. that but let me tell you two things that I can do. Um, right. That's not a no. That's actually a uh, and, right, right. Um, and when I'm talking about don't don't just say no. It's like uh, no, we're not going to do that. And then that's that's the <laughs> that's all you say, right, right. And, and I've seen that happen. And it's a, to your point, it's a com- it's a conversation deadener. And it's a it's a you know, humongous relationship debit. Whereas um, I guess what we're really trying to say is here is don't just say no. Start problem solving.
0: Yeah. Figure out what's the what's the point of the question. What's the point of the ask? What are they trying to achieve? Right. right? There's a whole bunch of stuff going on within any one of these moments that is, you know, everything's an iceberg, Right. Like everything like you're you're never seeing the full story. And that's right. So so when they come to you and say, can we do the thing and you kind of in your head, you're going, that's absolutely nuts. That's counter to the success of the program. Why would we do that? You have to take all that internal little man dialogue in your brain and convert that (laughs) to that's a really interesting thought. Let me let me chew on that a little bit and and kind of maybe run it by a few members of the team or whatever it is that you say, OK, cool. I hear you. I'm going to entertain this idea and then we'll see, because maybe there are things on the surface that you don't get or understand. So maybe no is not the right answer. Right. right. And then there's, you know, vice versa. So um,
1: is there yeah. a is there a little man having a dialogue in your brain? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. There was a little man talking to me in my brain right then. <laughs> do, uh, do you know what the, the word for that is? It's a homunculus. What? Yeah, go look it up. Homunculus. <laughs> that's, yeah. is, uh, That's the
0: little man inside. I call him Hercules, so it's close. Yeah, very close. Homunculus. What
1: is, no, what is this? All right, well, uh, well, let's have a separate podcast. We'll cover it. You learned in that nucle- in nuclear school? <laughs> What's nuclear- number two on the
0: list? <laughs> nuclear school. Slow roll the no. So don't just say no, but then right. if you know you're getting to know, take
1: time with it, man. That's a that's a slow and elegant dance, yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, and it, and it actually relates to the third one on the list, but you know you. You, you, you don't have to say it in the first meeting. You can get there. They will kind of get that you're getting there over time. So this is the art form of the account manager. Like when you when you have three meetings and you don't say yes, that's kind of um, a way to, you, you, you know, you're still communicating. You're still uh, working with each other. You're still problem solving, but you're not... And eventually, you will get to hey, we're just not going to do that. But you're slow rolling it, right? And a lot of times, then the reason we talk about it this way is, a lot of times, what happens is something will happen in the meantime where it becomes obvious to the client that what they're asking for actually doesn't make sense. That's absolutely right. So you're you, yes. you're playing for time because sometimes, like something else will happen and it'll become apparent, like and they'll and they'll kind of stop. Being angry about whatever that was, because it becomes obvious that what they want maybe isn't the smartest, you know, or the best thing in the world. I
0: have had clients make recommendations to me. Uh, we, I was working with a product company and clients would make recommendations that were they would literally kill the program. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and they know that. But if there's some desperation or some need to be creative and drive innovation and whatever it is that drives that request. But but when I get you know, you you get that request. And and again, that, that the the Hermer Mercules up in my brain is like, <laughs> um, I don't know what the heck that word is. Um, no, but you know, like, you're like, that's insane. No way we would never do that. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. But you got to, you got to translate that and just give them time because they, to your point, John, they will come to that conclusion on their own. Just possibly, give, yeah. Give it, Hopefully. give it, give it 24 hours to marinate. Right? right. And then instead of saying no and throwing up 10 object, uh, 10, 10 obstacles, like, you know that's really interesting i'd have to think about that i'm not i'm not clear on how it might impact a b and c but let me just give that a little more thought and a little more time they'll start thinking about a b and c and go oh no that's a horrible idea and that, that you like there's a million ways to do this but that yeah. hard abrupt no or not you know not taking your time with that no will result in an emotional response
1: yeah and you 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 did it the exactly the right way we're going to talk about and in a second but uh, yeah, but saying uh, that's a really interesting idea. Let me think about that. And also we're gonna have to figure out a, B, and C, right let and and let that marinate for a little while um, that you didn't say no exactly, but you brought up some things that might might kill whatever the source of angst is. Um, and so let that let that soak in for a little while. Um, yeah, so and it, and it's very related to number three on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Be willing to have one more meeting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's right. Like, you know, <laughs> it, be willing as an account manager. I mean, you may be frustrated about having to talk this thing to death or, or take the issue and really wrestle it to the ground in multiple different occasions. That might be frustrating for you. And A lot of people do easily get frustrated with that. I think I would say and I have said to many account managers, I mean, that is your role. Right. Like be willing to have one more meeting than the client is on the topic. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to talk the whatever they're negative about or whatever the problem is or whatever the issue is, if you're going to talk it into the ground, you then you need to be willing to talk it into the ground. You need to be the person who's who's willing to to do that. Right. Which also is another way of kind of on the more positive side of saying that is another way of saying I'm willing to spend lots of time trying to problem solve with my client. And as much time as it takes to do that. That's what I'm re- that's what we're really trying to say here.
0: Yeah. And and when you show that willingness to spend time on it, you're buying all kinds of equity. Regardless of the outcome right. of that particular conversation, you're you're sending a lot of very um positive and relationship building signals there with, yeah, this matters to me. I want to think about it, I want to spend time on it, I want to spend more time on it, I wanna spend more time on it. like, okay. And then and then if it gets to that point to where you do have to say no, you 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 can do so with a level of sort of confidence that. Man, I've spent a lot of time thinking this thing through, and I've spent a lot of time looking at all the different angles, and we've spent a lot of time talking about it and going through it and everything. Like so, so then there's some level of of foundation that supports that position, but you don't do it on the first ask, you don't do it early on, you take your time with it, you 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 just let it sort of work through the process, and it will organically right. work through its own own process, and that's probably a really good way to think about it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, and then and then talk to me about the next one here, John. So
1: managing your own thinking. Yep. Number four, managing your own thinking. This is critically important. And, we're, you know, th- this advice that we're giving these sort of tactics sound a little. I, th- well, I worry sometimes they sound a little manipulative. Uh, But that's not what it's meant to be. It's meant to be facilitative, right? Like you're trying to work with somebody else. But an important part of the divide between being manipulative and being facilitative is managing your own thinking. So if you talk poorly about your client, if you have, if you feel, if you do that fundamental attribution error that I was talking about earlier, um, and you think poorly about them, and then worse it, you can have those thoughts in your own head, and certainly your homunculus might do that for you. Um, mm, well <laughs> that done. What I did there. Oh, what I did well there. Done. You're this welcome. Got to get up uh, early in the morning. Uh, but, you know, you, you can have that in your own head, but when you start to transmit that to other people in the company, and in particular, when you do it in writing, that is a spectacularly bad idea. You need to manage your own thinking about the client and try to look at them as positively as possible. And like, you know, like we talked about, um, assume that they have the best intentions, right? Even though it's manifesting itself in a very uh, negative way. And I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick little story about that, where this this can get you in trouble. And, and it's a, you know... And it's a problem for an account manager because sometimes you have these emotional conversations and you do need to vent to somebody, right? Kind of get it off your chest. And maybe you can do that by calling another account manager and just having maybe a little vent buddy. We've talked about that before, but you really need to be careful not to transmit it to the rest of your your organization. In particular – You know, not to your executives as well. So, like, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Um, An account manager that um, called a client and the client was very demanding and wanted a bunch of stuff and was kind of negative and was real pill about it. And so the account manager says, "Okay, I'm going to see if I can go fix it. Um, Ends the conversation, uh, puts the puts the cell phone in their pocket not realizing the cell phone had not disconnected the conversation, then proceeds to go have a conversation with somebody internally describing the client as a pain in the ass and, uh, you know, being unreasonable and all this sort of stuff. And the client heard it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. 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 It wasn't a total catastrophe. Um, but you know, but that's, that's not a good look. Right. And so you can you
0: you cannot put that genie back in the bottle. Right. Let me tell you what mortifies me right now. Mm. Slack. <laughs> yeah. And look because I you know we I have seen organizations use, use it within their organization and I've seen it used on a friendly basis and now I'm seeing organizations use it with amongst one another, right? In a client in this scenario, this client right. scenario the worst thing in the world that you can do is go you like if you go into the wrong slack channel you right have two or three or four of these things going on and and i i've seen it happen i saw it happen on instant message on an instant message um solution years and years and years ago but same thing right like and it wasn't with a client it was internal but this guy thought he was you know talking to a friend and he was actually pinged his boss right yeah What a moron my boss is here, boss. Right. Like, so just don't do it. The worst thing you could do is send somebody the wrong slack that might say something about the weekend's Thanksgiving recipe. I don't know, but, but literally any notion of my client's dumb, my client's stupid. This is a, a complete podcast unto itself but like, just don't do it. Just stay away yeah. from it. It's I, w- something I told somebody not long ago. I said, you know, when you, when you do that, when you, when you go and you complain about the client and then you go jump into a meeting with them, it's like having a cigarette. Like, you yes. know, you go outside oh, and wow. you have a cigarette and you yeah. walk in you walk in and everybody's like, okay, well, I guess it was a good cigarette. Like there's no hiding it. Right. Yeah. You can, it's, you can still smell it. Right. It's the same thing. That's a great analogy. It's the same thing. We should have right? put that in the book. Why didn't you do that? No, nah, it just came to me. Came it's just a stroke of
1: genius. That, that that is that is a great analogy. Like that, the the fact that you're mad at your client because they're mad and and you personalize that and and you said bad things about them to other people within your company. Um, all of that, that is you're right. That's cigarette. Like you come in the yeah. meeting room with them later. You you think you're you know, and this is really the point of this, this uh this fourth one. You think you're clever enough to hide that? You're mm-hmm. not. Mm-mm. You're not. They can tell. And I'll tell you, you know, you and I have had this experience. I think we talked about an earlier podcast where executives are also are very prone to this. They think mm-hmm. that they are clever enough to hide how they really feel about a client. And they're not like the client can read it all over them. People are more perceptive than you think. Right. People know what you think of them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. 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 Look, it's it's its, its own podcast uh, for sure. So, yeah, let,
0: yeah. Let, because I, I and I have a lot of passion. This is it's so. It's so undervalued, but anyway, let's, so let's jump to the next one. We'll second. put up in on this. Yeah. In 45 minutes on that. Um, yeah. Let's see here. So the next one then uh, admit mistakes quickly.
1: That's right. You know, if you're in a negative situation and, and you, you can take some of the air out of the balloon by, um, you know, admitting that, yes, uh, hey, we are at fault on this particular issue. We are going to try to fix it. Like if you can kind of get to that quickly, it's sorta, it sort of, it deflates the, some of the anger a little bit may not necessarily really solve the problem, but um, but I, I and we've talked about this in another podcast. But you know that that does help a lot in these negative client situations.
0: Yeah, and I, I the thing I would add to admitting mistakes quickly. If you are an account manager, it is your job to own that mistake. I don't care who in your organization made the mistake, right? You own that. The That's buck right. stops with you. I do that all of the time. Like, you know what? I didn't communicate that very clearly on my side. I'll take ownership. I'm sorry. Knowing darn good and well, I communicated the heck out of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right. But, that's right. and you can, and that's an internal conversation and you can have that. And how you choose to handle that is going to be based on your leadership style and a whole bunch of other things. But to the client, there is no John did it, Fred did it, Steve did it,
1: Bill did it, right. you know, Stephanie did No it's your company. You can't say um yeah, customer care messed that up. I'm going to go talk to them. No. We yep, company A. Right. Yep. We we mess that up. We we're, we're going to fix it. You have my commitment that I will personally get involved and and fix it. Yeah. Yep. Um yep. Yeah. So that's that's a good one. Okay. Number 6. Avoid um,
0: negative micro communications.
1: Yes. This is uh this is the, now we're getting into the improv technique. This is, this actually is kind of stolen from improv. Yeah. yeah you were mentioning that earlier, or maybe it's the homunculus mentioning it to you in your brain. I use that one too many times. Sorry. I'll stop now. All right. <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know. If you're going to go look it up. I'm going to Google
0: it and then I'm going to go to some um, questionable website and then the web police are going to come and it's, oh, I don't man, like police. where this is going. Could yeah. be.
1: I don't. Um, there's a few in here and it's just, and it's avoiding some words and how you say certain things. So um, let's talk about it. So we've talked about this before. Uh, this is an important one. D- don't say, but um, say, and, and that's a very, that's, that's literally stolen from improv. Right. So um, I, this is my favorite kind of apology. When somebody says um, I apologize for that happening, but uh, uh, right. so, and so, and so, and so, and then they name a mitigating kind of factor. That's not an apology. mm No, no, that's a that's an assignment of blame. (laughs) Right. That's not, you know, you can't say I'm sorry, but like there's no. So, you know, the word but it just blows up whatever it is that was in front of it. So, like, just don't just don't do it. Um, And and, and I'm sure the
0: homunculus starts doing a thing (laughs) where like I am going to immediately turn you off when I hear but. Yeah, that's right. That's no, right. Seriously, though, right? Like um, the moment you say, but I'm like, oh, well, crap. Now we're not apolog-. to your point. Like now we're not apologizing. Now we're we're assigning blame. We're coming up with excuses. We're doing anything but apologizing at that point. And so when you do that, whether it's an apology or anything else, when you say, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But OK, well, now I'm going to distance myself from whatever that is. That's what I hear.
1: Yeah and it's and a, a, it's more email than anything else like people will mm. in email and and along with that there's a very similar construct you'll get um particularly in email where people will say um I'm admitting that this is not how it should be however mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 however is is when you're using the however in the same way as the but it's uh it's just as deadly, and you see it a lot in email. And so, you know, a good substitute for that is also, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have other considerations, like the, you were making the point earlier about, hey, um, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying, we've got to consider these three things. That's an also, not a however, not a right. but, right? Right. So you can use and, you can use also, you can be, and again, is, is, it literally is from improv, you can be additive, Um, added additive can be good. Like if you, if you need to make a point and a lot of times you do need to make a point because the, the client might not have all the facts, right? Um, so we're not saying, uh, don't say no means don't tell them the facts, but how you do it and how you micro communicate it is important. That's right.
0: Yep. Which takes us to another, uh, micro communication
1: strategy, which is avoid the R word. (laughs) word is resources so this applies more to super technical industries where you have constrained um, development resources you know people who write code and so if you say we can't get your whatever it is done because of we don't have enough resources clients don't want to hear that so it's just a it's a micro communication mistake and it makes clients irritated um you know they they every company has constrained resources right Uh, every uh, in enterprise, for that matter, right? So, but just it, but just using that word as a defense is just a micro communication execution error. Um, you have to be more more clever than that.
0: Yeah, and I, I, and the other thing I would lump into that category is talking about another client. Yeah. Right. Like people right. that's a big mistake, you know, and it's one thing if you're sharing a story of, oh, I saw this, you know, 12 months ago with another client and it was solved this way. Like that's kind of productive, probably not horrible depending on your audience, but you really have to know your audience. But for the most part, talking about another client, especially in regards to any limitation that you have is, right. is a massive no, no.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll, t- we'll have a podcast. Where we'll talk about when you, what information you can share about clients between clients. And that's a very complicated topic. But yeah, in the context of, oh, no, I can't do your work because I've got this other client work in the way. Uh, no, don't don't do that. Right. You have to be it, more more clever than that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how real that is how honest that is (laughs) that might be very true yeah
0: yeah never ever say it which 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 is a great transition into the next micro communication
1: strategy which is start with the positive start with the positive and so this is again this is just a reframing of um what we talked about at the beginning about not saying no but framing it more positively so you know for example Uh, let's uh, the client wants to meet with you on Friday because it's a, it's a thing and uh, we need to talk right away. And for whatever reason, Friday is not good because maybe you're fixing what the issue is or who who knows. Um, Yeah. You know, you don't say, Hey, we can't meet right now and has to wait till Monday. Instead you say, Hey, we can meet first thing Monday morning. Right. So reframing all of your replies, particularly in written communications, um, you know, into, into the positive. Right. So, um, you know, so you don't say, Hey, you, you misunderstood me. Um, y- you say, Let me clarify what I said, right? Yeah, so, so right. You, you're not framing, you don't frame to the negative, you're yeah, framing to the positive,
0: yeah. Or if you're framing to the negative, it's assumed that it was, it was kind of on you if you, if you feel the need to do that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, about yourself, like, sure. Yeah, yeah, like, well, clearly you didn't understand what I said before, so let me repeat it. Mm. No. Probably not the right approach. You know what? I, I I don't think I did a very good job explaining that. Let me let me hit that again for you. You're yeah, right. Right. Two to- same thing. It's the exact same thing. Two totally different messages, and uh, two totally different conversations will ensue after that.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. right. So it's reframing everything into what you can positively do, not right. what you can't. And it's easy to it's easy to fall into this trap of because the client will ask for a very specific thing. <laughs> Right. And you'll react to them and say, well, I can't do that. And so you'll, you'll reply in the negative. Instead, you have to take a, a step back, take a couple of deep breaths and reframe. Well, and that's the I, you know
0: what I, you're, you're touching on something that is really, really interesting there, which is that few seconds. So just by saying, hey, that's a really interesting uh, thought you know, like you can, you can buy yourself a few seconds just by using a canned response that starts right. at point at in the positive. That's a really interesting thought. Let me think about that. And you're buying yourself a little bit of time there to figure out like, I okay, what might that next step in the conversation be? Or, you know, like what, so, yeah. It, it, but yeah, to your point, like you, you always starting off with that positive because then you're just going to, they're going to lean
1: in. I, you know, I'll what I'll do sometimes in along uh, this this line is I'll actually say let me think about that and then I'll pause and think and they can see that I'm thinking. Yeah, right. Which is maybe a little bit more of a executive thing to do, but um, but you know you can do that. Like it's it's okay to to not talk.
0: Uh, that and there is, that's a completely different
1: podcast. (laughs) That's a negotiation technique too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is a negotiation technique. The person's patience. Let's hit the last one on micro communications. Uh, No. Again. Yeah. So this is another micro communication one. Um, I think you told the story in an earlier podcast of, uh, you know, uh, high end intellect person who, um, went to a fancy, uh, business school and, uh, had a tough time dealing with a client who maybe wasn't on their level of intellectual rigor. And, you know, what you see in the situation a lot is where they'll, where the person dealing with the client will repeat the same thing over again and preface it with, again, Mm. here's a fact you need to understand yeah. Right. Hey. Which is subtly making the point that, hey, stupid. Hey, dummy. Uh, I was going to say, hey, dummy. Yeah, exactly. You, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you didn't listen to me the first time. So, again, it's just a micro communication. Um, you know, if, you, if you're using it, to, if you're using the word again to summarize at the end of a presentation that's really positive and you're saying, and again, the three things we need to remember are blah, right. blah, blah. That, that's fine. Right. Well, I'm right. talking about like when it's, hey, dummy, again, mm-hmm. uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Think about how it makes you feel like there's a general rule that we
0: actually haven't even talked about yet. But if there's something out there that people do that you don't like, right, that always puts you in a weird place, uncomfortable, unhappy, whatever that weird place is, then don't do it to others. And when somebody (laughs) says that to me, when somebody sits in front of me during a conversation, they go, well, again, I'm like, hey, eat a... Shoe, dude. Like, I don't need you telling me that I didn't get it the first time. So I'm going to reiterate it for your overly simplistic mind. Like, that's what again means. It's all those words. Eat a shoe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's a family show, man. It's a family show. Let's talk about our last technique.
1: Okay. let's talk about it. Reframing the discussion. The discussion. Reframe the discussion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, there's a few different techniques. One is uh, it's not original to us, um, but it's feel, felt, found. So, you know, again, when you get in those situations as an account manager, which, you know, is um, which as an account manager happens often and you need to be ready for it because, you know, the reality is your company is not going to be able to do everything that your clients want you to do is you can at least evidence some listening um, by relating emotionally to. The, the client. Um, and it's using the the three words feel, felt, found. So, you know, ha, ha, so we'll take the dragon. Hello, uh, Mr. Dragon. I totally understand how you feel. Um, I have felt the same way in the past about this particular issue that we're not performing to your expectations. But what I found is if you give us a little bit more time, I think we're going to be able to meet your expectations because uh, we're continuously improving the product. It- <laughs> that's one to
0: me that sounds like, God, it just, does that really work? Cause it's so easy. Uh, It's so easy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I'm, I'm being facetious, right? Like, but yeah, it, it is that easy. Like I feel felt found, like, Hey, man, I understand how you feel, you know, like when this thing happened a while ago, and I felt the same way. And then, you know, I just found that if we like it, it's that casual, it's that easy. It's in in it literally is just this way of connecting that people kind of go, okay, well, at least we have a dialogue.
1: Yeah. And, you you know, it doesn't even have to be necessarily use these three words. What you're really doing is A, acknowledging the other party and what they're feeling. B, saying you have sympathy or I should say empathy to that because you have felt that way yourself in the past in similar situations. And then because you can't you can't say uh, anything about the future because you're not certain if you're going to be able to solve the problem, you can at least say you know, what I've, what I've found is, um, you know, we are able to work through these situations here's what I'm going to try to do for you. Right. So you don't have to use those exact three words, but, but those three, that construct, you know, of that acknowledgement, um, the self-reflection and then saying, you know, referencing history to say, Hey, I think we can figure out a way through this. I mean, that, that's a great construct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like this next one. The next one just, um, the next one is actually kind of a fun approach to me, which is the
1: balcony technique. The balcony technique. Yeah. Again, this is reframing the discussion. It's not original to us, but um, this is when you are in an extremist situation, like uh, you have a client literally screaming at you. And I've had this happen to me in other situations, you know, that you and I weren't in together where I've had a client literally screaming at me. And, um, you know, it, what you do is, uh, remain calm and how you do that is pretend that you are actually on a balcony looking down at yourself and that the two, the two parties yourself and whoever the it is across the table that you're in a little play together, you know, so you're actually watching the action and you say, what would I tell that person to do? Right. So get yourself out of the moment and get, uh, get literally like a mental third party perspective.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I actually use this one probably more at home than I do at work. And Now, <laughs> I, I, nah, look, it can be good for that, too. It saved my marriage. No, no. I um, no, 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 I with, with the kids, like when you have kids and if you have more than one, There inevitably there are disagreements. There are moments of great bliss when they play together and then there are these moments where it's just this tense sort of rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. It's what kids do. It's what they do. And as a parent, you know, oftentimes you're not in the mood for the rah, rah, rah. And so I just want to kind of, you know, I want to be the dragon. I want to slam my hand on the table and say enough. But you say this to,
1: sucks when you slam your hand
0: on the table. I say this sucks and I spittle on them and it's wonderful. <laughs> and Hercules is in my head going, like, get them, get them, get them. It's right. awesome. Yeah. No focus, John. Um, no, but, but often, but what I do when that, when that is transpiring and, and I really have that desire just to kind of put an end to it uh, is, is to step back and sort of like, what is the dynamic that's going on here and what are they learning from each other right now? they're learning conflict resolution. They're learning something. They're learning something about each other. Like there is something going on in that moment that's beneficial for them. And so it, maybe it's, it's not the right thing for me to intervene because it's a—it's uh, not what I want to take place at that very moment. And the only way to do that is just to back up and literally get up to that, you know, like 20,000 feet and kind of look at it. And you have to take yourself out of that moment, which is just, it's a really cool concept and technique. Once you do it a time or two, you're kind of like, man, I can do this anywhere with anything. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, that balcony technique is almost like it'll it'll almost force you to pause before you say something, which can be a really good thing, because what's going on in your head is something more like, um, what would I tell? So I'm, I'm on a balcony. I'm watching these two people. What would I tell myself to say? So, so you, you're almost kind of slowing down your emotional reaction so that you can kind of gather something cogent and a little bit more thoughtful um, in response to the attack. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, and then the and then the last one here around reframing the discussion is show your enthusiasm when you do agree. That sounds it's almost like, really, you have to remind people
1: of that. Yeah, but remember the context of what we're talking about. This is um, you're in a negative discussion. And so Mm. it's hard to be, it's hard to be really positive when you've just gotten your tail whipped by the client. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you're in a down place. And so like, but when maybe there is another moment in the meeting where you do agree on a course of action or uh, something they're going to do to help with the situation or something you're going to do to help with the situation, remember to return your set point to normal and get back to the seven to one ratio and make some deposits and say, Hey, Mr. Client, um, I appreciate you working with me. I know this uh, this particular issue is not um, something either of us wanted, but um, I just want to say what you just said there was a really great idea. We're definitely going to follow through on that. and I'm you know looking forward to working with your team on it, right? Um, yeah, so so start you know get back into deposit mode quickly.
0: I love that return to the foundation. That's what that is to me. Right. That, that's a return to remember why you're here and remember that seven to one, like you're when you're in a moment of disagreement, you want to win and whatever's happening there and you have this negative thing. It's really hard to reach into the bag and go, oh, yeah, seven to one, seven to one.
1: <laughs> right. right. You're not thinking about seven yeah. to one yeah. after you get. yeah. 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 You're, th- right.
0: you're thinking about the 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 jerk across from you that, you you know, you want to throttle and you're not agreeing. And then you're like, oh, no, wait, this. Hold on. Let's take it all back. Let's take it back and re- hit the reset button. And that's what I love. That comes in at the end and does the whole thing and brings it back around. It's nice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, cool, man. All right. So, how to handle client negativity? Um, and then we we provide you here. We we talk about how the importance of it, and then we we provide you with a few techniques. And uh, John, you want to take us back through those seven techniques very
1: quickly? Seven techniques. So number one, don't just say no, particularly on the first date. Uh, Number two, slow roll the no. Uh, Number three, be willing to have one more meeting. Number four, manage your own thinking. And the client is way smarter than you think and way more perceptive. So manage the negativity, don't put it in writing. Uh, Number five, admit mistakes quickly. Number six, avoid negative micro communications. Number seven, reframe the discussion to hopefully something more positive get on that balcony.
0: This is where you earn your money. That's where I say money. it on a, I say it on a weekly basis. Yeah. I really, really do. This is where you earn your money. And these are just a few tools that will help you get through it. There's many more out there and we're going to expand on a few of these things in great detail in later podcasts because they're worthy of, <laughs> of more conversation. But for now, I think that wraps it up on client negativity. Thanks for joining another episode of Account Management, A Tactical Guide to Success. For John Brown, I'm Fred Fuller, and we'll talk to you next
1: time. Enjoying the podcast, but want to go deeper into best practices for account management? Learn more from Fred and John in A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, A Tactical Guide to Client Management, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold.